Hello everyone and welcome to the Men and Tights podcast. I hope you are all having a lovely start to your weekend and hopefully the weather has been good for you wherever you are. I'm kind of dealing with a cold at the moment so if I sound like shit on this one, I'm sorry. But I'll do my best to deliver the mediocre quality of content you have all come to expect from me. Today's episode is going to be, well, I won't say all about, but it's going to be mostly about WWE Fastlane, our third and final pit stop before we finally arrive at MetLife Stadium on this road to WrestleMania 35. Uh, but before I get to that, I wanted to talk about a lot of non-WWE news for a little bit. Starting off with, we finally got the new trailer for Shazam. After waiting close to two months, we finally got a new Shazam trailer, a new official Shazam trailer. We were supposed to have gotten one back in January, but some shit happened. We didn't get it. We got a quick 30-second TV spot, well, one-minute TV spot and a few clips here and there. But we finally got a full official second trailer after have, getting the first one last year at San Diego Comic-Con. And, you know, now hopefully DCEU fans on Twitter will calm the fuck down and stop harassing David F. Sandberg like he had any control over this. But yeah, we finally got that trailer and... I want it to be April 5th so badly. I want it to hurry the fuck up and get here because I want to see that movie right now. I mean, the trailer looked great. At least to me it did. Featured a somewhat remixed version of My Name Is by Eminem, which I didn't mind at all because I am a fan of him and I enjoyed that. And I'm not going to show any clips from the trailer because I've already gotten a few copyright strikes from YouTube. Nothing too major. You know, I got a couple of strikes for using some snippets of music here and there. But I, my Batman v Superman video that I did last October, uh, well, late September, early October, it did get completely blocked because of my use of Warner Brothers footage for that podcast. So I had to re-upload it as an audio-only podcast on the YouTube channel. <sighs> you know, so I'd like to avoid getting my channel shut down as much as possible. So, but I'll include the link to the trailer in the description for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Now, I didn't feature the little kid humming or whistling the John Williams Superman theme like in the leaked trailer description from almost two months ago. It said that it would be featured. Now, if it actually was part of it, chances are it was removed after fans flipped the fuck out over it on Twitter. And because a lot of them, as they so calmly and politely put it, they're shitting on everything Zack Snyder created. Uh, whatever. Now, to me, Zachary Levi was perfectly cast for this movie. And the more clips and trailers that I see of him from the movie, the more I love him as Shazam. Billy Batson. Whatever. <laughs> the more I love him as Shazam. And I can already tell that I'm going to love this movie. I really do feel that. Uh, and I'm excited to go see it come April 5th. And that's WrestleMania weekend too, which is pretty awesome. And I will have my movie review for that, that weekend. Either that weekend I, when I see it, or I'll include it on the Shootin' the Shit podcast that I'll have for the following week of WrestleMania. And then some other exciting news is we got another special Zack Snyder t-shirt featuring a zombified image of Batman, Superman, and Dr. Manhattan. Of course, referencing Snyder's films Dawn of the Dead, Watchmen, and Batman v Superman. 
Now, I already ordered it as soon as I saw that Zach had posted it on Twitter. And I will include the link to it in the description if any of you watching or listening would like to get one for yourself. And I will also include the link to the event for which the shirt was created. It is a special three-day showing of Zack Snyder's director's cuts of Dawn of the Dead, Watchmen, and Batman v Superman taking place from March 22nd to March 23rd and March 24th. And all that information will be in the link on the description below. For anyone who is interested in learning more about this, uh, and I believe uh, the event is sold out. I'm not 100% sure. I haven't checked it myself. Uh, I, would, I, of course, would love to go to it. But it's all the way out in Pasadena, California. And I got a lot of shit going on over here in Jacksonville, North Carolina. So, unfortunately, I can't go, even if I wanted to. But everyone who will be going to the event, I hope you all have a great time. And you'll get to meet some awesome people and get to speak to Zack Snyder himself. So, enjoy yourselves, guys and gals. Have the time of your life at this. And also, uh, breaking news-ish from Wednesday, I'm, well, earlier today, I'm recording this Wednesday evening. Uh, we have an apparent exclusive from The Hollywood Reporter saying that Idris Elba is in talks to replace Will Smith as Deadshot for the Suicide Squad sequel. Now, honestly, as much as I loved Smith as that child in the first film, I would definitely consider this an upgrade if it's true. I mean, because, I mean, again, I, I like Will Smith. I've been a fan of his for a very long time. But, you know, a lot of his movies, he's just Will Smith playing Will Smith. You know, let's be honest. Uh, um, you know, I'm... I mean, like, I... <sighs> I mean... <sighs> I mean, I'm not always a fan of recasting characters like this because, you know, Deadshot was already established in the first uh, Suicide Squad film and, you know, all taking place within this DC film universe. Uh, I mean, sometimes recast fan, re recasting of these characters works. You know, like in the MCU, uh, Terrence Howard being replaced by Don Cheadle for War Machine, I feel, has worked out much better. Um... I don't know how about everyone else feels, but that's how I feel. You know, but I am a fan. I am a fan of Idris Elba. So if this does indeed happen and he does replace Will Smith as Deadshot for the Suicide Squad sequel, I will keep an open mind and hope that it will be for the best. You know, I know most fans prefer that Idris be Green Lantern, John Stewart Green Lantern, or Martian Manhunter, and I can definitely agree with that. He would be great in either as either character. But, you know, I mean, we could fancast the entire DCEU all day. And the odds of us getting the actors we want for these characters are basically zero. Now, I will be optimistic about this, though. And we still have San Diego Comic-Con coming in a few months, so, you know, we should learn more about all this shit by then. Uh, now, getting back to some WWE stuff, we have the newest name added to the 2019 class of the WWE Hall of Fame, and it is two-time Playboy Magazine cover girl and former WWE diva and former WCW star Tori Wilson. You know, and I'd actually heard about this over the weekend before it was officially confirmed by WWE and ESPN earlier this week, and I saw a lot of fans on Twitter complaining about it like her being inducted is the absolute worst to ever happen in company history. Now look, she wasn't the best wrestler during her time in WWE, I won't dispute that, but she was a big part of the latter years 
of the Attitude Era and Monday Night War, and then became a big part of what we fans like to call the Ruthless Aggression Era uh, on SmackDown and Monday Night Raw during the original draft from 2002 to whatever year that she eventually left the company. And I'm honestly okay with it. It doesn't bother me at all. It's not as bad as Drew Carey's induction in 2011, which was just based off of one appearance that he had at the 2001 Royal Rumble. So Tori Wilson getting inducted this year is nothing to piss yourself over. Seriously, guys. I mean, congratulations to Tori Wilson. I know she's not listening, but congratulations to her. And I look forward to hearing her acceptance speech, as well as I look forward to hearing the speeches of Hockey Talk Man, and from DX, and whoever else they announce for the Hall of Fame between now and WrestleMania weekend. Hey, Boogie. Uh, you having fun down there? You're just gonna stare me down and not say anything now? Making me look like a fool in front of my podcast listeners? <laughs> yeah, talking to my cat in the middle of recording this, as I've done previously and many other times, and I'm probably gonna keep on doing this for however long that I, I do this. What, you're staring me down right now? You're gonna jump on me? Oh, yeah, she, she jumped on me. Hello. Hi. It's okay. Uh, I guess she doesn't want to She doesn't want to be my co-host. <laughs> uh, anyway. And one last bit of news before I get to the uh, Fastlane predictions. wanted to take this moment to talk about it. It's the unfortunate passing of Luke Perry at the age of 52 after suffering from a massive stroke in his Los Angeles home just over a week ago. Uh, of course, he is best known for his role as Dylan McKay on Beverly Hills 90210 back in the 90s, which was one of my favorite shows growing up, and most recently as Fred Andrews on the CW show Riverdale. Uh, he was also a pretty big wrestling fan and had been shown attending many WWE shows over the years, and his son Jack is a, is a professional wrestler as well, uh, going under the name of Jungle Boy Nate Coy who recently signed with All Elite Wrestling, so best wishes to him. Now for 90s kids like myself, this news hits us pretty hard. Uh, he was, you know, the, one of the biggest 90s heartthrobs in the world. <laughs> um, and, just, and this especially hits me hard because, as I've mentioned previously on this podcast, and I'm probably going to bring it up many times in the future, just... My father had a stroke almost 10 years ago. The August of this year will be 10 years. Uh, and it was a major contributing factor to his eventual passing as well. So I definitely know and understand very well what his, his kids, Jack and Sophie, are feeling right now. And my, thought, my sincerest thoughts, prayers, condolences, and well wishes go out to his family, friends, all of his loved ones. <laughs> Love you, Luke Perry, and you'll be greatly, greatly missed. <sighs> Alright, now uh, let's get to those predictions, shall we? Alright, now, first up we have our kickoff match, which... 
I hate that this is the kickoff match, but I, you know, they had to put something on it, I guess. Andrade versus Rey Mysterio. Now, you would think that based off of the amazing matches that they had on SmackDown over the last few months, that they would put this on the main pay-per-view show. But no, they're going to bump this to the kickoff show that most fans don't even watch, including myself. As I've said previously, I don't like watching the kickoff show most of the time. Usually I'll catch like the last 15 minutes of it and that's it. Because I care more about the actual pay-per-view. Like when with WrestleMania, I never watch the kickoff show because I'm not going to sit there for two hours of a pre-show and then sit through five hours of the main show. I'm not going to do that. Um, you know, uh, which I, it's kind of funny because I sat through, you know, like eight hours of the Lord of the Rings movies one after the other years ago, and you know, I had no I had no issues with that. So. Uh, but then again, you know, Lord of the Ring, Lord of the Rings trilogy was fucking phenomenal. So, you know, of course, I'm not, I'm not gonna have a problem sitting there for eight hours watching those three movies back to back. But uh, I mean, let's be honest. The last few WrestleManias, while they've been overall enjoyable, not every part of it has been enjoyable. So, but anyways, that's WrestleMania. This is fascinating. Uh, Andrade versus Rey Mysterio. Of course, we know it's going to be another awesome match because that's all they've given us so far. Um, again, I just hate that this is on the kickoff show. Probably going to be the probably going to be the only time I actually watch the kickoff show because of this match. Uh, but as of right now, my prediction is for maybe a clean victory from Andrade, and maybe we'll get one more match out of them either at WrestleMania. Hopefully not on the kickoff show, or on an episode of SmackDown Live sometime between now and then. <sighs> and then, what we have as of right now for the main pay-per-view. But before I get to the what we have so far for the main pay-per-view. Uh, Samoa Joe won the United States Championship uh, this week on SmackDown, which I am happy about. I'm glad he finally, after two years on the main roster, has finally won a championship. Um... So I'm expecting maybe him to have some kind of match on on here, maybe on the kickoff show, maybe on the at last minute on the pay per view. Who knows? But as of right now, nothing nothing else has been added. And uh, like I said, you know, I'm recording this Wednesday evening, so anything that's added on Thursday or Friday, I have no idea. Uh, but some of the other matches on the main pay per view as of right now. <laughs> We have a triple threat match for the Raw Tag Team Championships. The Revival versus Bobby Roode and Chad Gable versus Aleister Black and Ricochet. Um, of course, this is because on Raw we had Rick, we had Aleister Black and Ricochet versus the Revival for, a for the Tag Team Championships. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable came in and ruined their opportunity because they're bitter over losing their belts three weeks ago. And... You know, not getting a rematch because they don't do automatic rematches anymore. Even though <clears throat> one of the matches on this show is technically an automatic rematch. But I'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, we have The Revival versus Bobby Roode and Chad Gable versus Alistair Black and Ricochet. Now, I am a fan of all six participants. Love The Revival especially. Freaking love Ricochet and Alistair Black. And... You know, they're, they're surprisingly a very good tag team, Black and Ricochet. Uh, how long this is going to keep on going, I'm not sure yet. But, I mean, I'm not complaining. I've enjoyed the matches that they've had so far where, you know, 
first we had the Finn Balor and Ricochet versus Bobby Lashley and uh, Leo Rush. Yeah, Leo Rush uh, three weeks ago. And then the matches that Black and Ricochet have had with uh, the Revival, the Bar, you know, those have all been fun. And uh, I look forward to seeing what we get out of this match. So definitely going to have a, some good high-flying spots from Ricochet, because, you know, all Ricochet knows how to deliver is spectacular moves. And, and honestly, I do predict Black and Ricochet to win this one. Uh, I mean, they might not win, and I, I'd be okay. Honestly, I'd be, this is a match where I'd be okay with with any one of them winning. But as of right now, I predict, you know, a, you know, quote, shocking victory from Black and Ricochet as the new Raw Tag Team Champions. <laughs> and then next up on my list that I have here uh, is Asuka versus Mandy Rose for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, I... I, this is going to be a fun match, I'm sure. Uh, I do like Mandy Rose, even though she's not the best wrestler. She does, she works her character very well, and that to me, that's what makes her a good WWE superstar. She knows how to work her character very well. She has been improving very much in the ring in recent months. Mm. You know, I do give her that. You know, of course, Asuka is fucking awesome and badass. Uh, I just hate that she's been basically absent. Since the Royal Rumble, she finally came back after the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to see more of her. And as I said on the Elimination Chamber, uh, I think it was my Elimination Chamber predictions. can't remember. Where I just basically talked about the rumor as of, that as of right now, it's going to be that the plan, at least, is for Asuka versus Lacey Evans at WrestleMania. I am okay with that, if that is the plan. Uh, however, I would just like to know how they're going to lead up to it. Because after Fastlane, we got four weeks until WrestleMania. And that's not a lot of time to build up to some of these matches. Because since, because basically over these last two months so far, the only matches that they've been building up to for WrestleMania have been the Universal Title Match and the Raw Women's Championship Match. Everything else has been pushed basically in, into onto the sidelines. <sighs> Um, but we shall see what we get, because, again, yeah, we have f f about four or five weeks before we get to WrestleMania, so that is, that should be plenty of time to establish more matches, you know, such as the SmackDown Women's Championship and the Tag Team Championship matches for the, you know, Raw SmackDown and the Women's Tag Team Championship matches, Intercontinental title match, US title match. Uh, we shall see what happens with those, uh, because I I have heard rumors of you know Matt and Jeff Hardy returned last week, so that they're probably gonna get a SmackDown Championship, uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship match at WrestleMania, and you know we shall see if that's what we get. But you know SmackDown Women's Championship match. Uh, sorry, kind of di diverted to different topic on that one, but anyways. I predict Asuka to win this, uh, and then maybe Lacey Evans showing up at the end, doing her little walk down the rampway. But instead of turning around and walking away, she's probably get, she'll probably get into the ring and go face to face with Asuka. You know, basically letting her know, "I'm coming for your championship, you nasty." <laughs> oh god, that was horrible. Sorry. Uh, next up, another women's match, but the women's tag team championship match. It is the Boston Hug Connection. 
of Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Nia Jax and Tamina, which we expected this to be their first defense because it was just way too obvious anyways. Um, and, you know, we've seen this them fight plenty of times already. We already know how, what kind of match we're going to get from them. It's going to be a good match. We already know that. But we already know what to expect from them. They're not going to give us anything spectacular. And, oh my god, I've never seen that before. And since, you know, B Banks and Bailey just won the tag team titles three weeks ago, they're not going to lose it right away. So, I'm predicting them to retain. And then, if the rumors that I've been hearing are true, that they will have a... Uh, Women's Tag Team Championship match at WrestleMania against, you know, a returning Legends tag team. Uh, you know, the, the ones that I'm hearing are either the Bella Twins or even Trish Stratus and Lita. We shall see. Uh, either one, I don't mind at all. You know, unlike most wrestling fans, I don't, I don't, I have no issues with Brie Bella and Nikki Bella. <laughs> Uh, granted, they're not the greatest wrestlers, but, you know, could be worse. <sighs> Another tag team match is the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match, as, you know, I briefly mentioned before. Because, like I said, you know, they said they they don't do the automatic rematches, but here we are with the basically an automatic rematch. The Usos versus Miz and Shane McMahon. Of course, the Usos won the championships from Miz and Shane at the Elimination Chamber. <sighs> Which surprised me. I didn't think they were going to lose it that quickly. But, you know, they were already trying to build up to, you know, little kinks in the armor and little hip, sprinkling the, the seeds of dissent amongst Miz and Shane. And, of course, you know, this is going to be in Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, where Miz is from. So, of course, he's going to get the big hometown hero pop. And it's something is going to happen where one of them fucks up their chances in the match. Uh, Miz's dad's gonna be front row, so some, something will probably happen with him. And then Miz will probably snap and beat the shit out of Shane, and that'll set up their match at WrestleMania, one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, which, of course, means the Usos would retain the Tag Team Championships if that is the you know plan, which most of us kind of figured that's what it is anyways. But, of course, we know it is going to be a good match. And the promo that the Usos had on SmackDown this week was pretty damn good as well. You know, I particularly enjoyed the part where uh, uh, Jimmy was saying something like, you know, and, you know, Shane, you know, saying, you know, the things that he had, his shoe game is better than, than mine and yours. And Jay's like, Oh, actually it is. You know, the last two years he's been rocking some dope. And then Jimmy's like, it's like but that's not the point. And that's not the point. Uh, that, that was, I don't know, I, I, I really laughed pretty hard at that part. Because, you know, cause, hey, let's be honest. Shane, Shane but he's, he's, he, he's rock, he rocks them Jordans like, like no other. <laughs> uh, you know, if I had the money that he had, I'd probably buy a few pairs as well. Uh, I do want to buy the the ones that he had when he made his big return back in 2016. Because uh, if you've seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, that's the shoes that Miles Morales wears when he gets hit the the Spider-Man suit at the end of the movie. Spoilers. Um, so I kind of want to do that so I can do a you know Miles Morales Spider-Man cosplay, you know, sometime if I ever get to go to a convention of like that. Uh, they did have one in Jacksonville a couple of years ago here in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and that was pretty fun. I wore my Batman t-shirt with the cat dressed as Batman uh, and a Batman hat. 
there was a few people there that were dressed in costume, but you know, because it was the first time that they did something like this here in Jacksonville, so they didn't really have a lot going on. And I know that's not that has nothing to do at all with the pay-per-view that I'm talking about right now, but uh, you know, just Shane McMahon's Jordans got me talking. Uh, but yeah, Usos are gonna win this one. It's gonna be an awesome match. Probably gonna get Shane doing another co attempt at coast to coast. Uh, maybe Miz will even try to do coast to coast, and he'll you know slip on his ass, and you know that's that's where everything's gonna go shit. <sighs> and then next we have. A six-man tag team match. It's Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre versus the reunited for one last time Shield. Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Dean Ambrose. Yay! Is this gonna be the last time? They're building it up like it is, so we shall see. Of course, you know, because remember the stories that Dean Ambrose is gonna be leaving. Uh, when his contract expires in April, very likely leaving after WrestleMania, if he is indeed leaving, because a lot of fans don't believe it. Uh, and don't get me started on the fans who want to keep saying that Roman Reigns' cancer is, is fake. Yeah, I've already spoken on that plenty of times, so I'm not going to speak on it again. Uh, well, the only upside to this for me is that we don't, we're not getting Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin in another fucking match, because god damn, I've, I am tired of them having matches, and I'm happy that, as of right now, it looks like that they are done, and I really, really hope that they are done, because <laughs> like I said in my predictions for the Elimination Chamber, I just do not care. I didn't care for their match at the Chamber. I didn't care for their match on the tables match they had on Raw the next night. I didn't even watch. I only looked up when I heard the music playing at the end of the match. <laughs> but, you know, of course, this one, I don't have much to predict. It's It'll it'll be a fun match, I'm sure, but, you know, you know, reunited for one last time. That's how they're promoting this match. Of course, the Shield has to win. You can't have, have this kind of match and then they lose. You know, it's, 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 it's just, try to find the right words, uh, it's bad marketing, it's the best thing I could describe for that. So, that's, that's my prediction, Shield to win, uh, probably with the, with the triple powerbomb on Baron Corbin, because everyone hates Baron Corbin the most out of this team, but, um, yeah, and moving on to the two main event matches of the pay-per-view, first up we have match that was just added this week as well. Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair, where if Becky wins, she will be added to the Women's Championship match at WrestleMania with Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. <laughs> and if you've seen Raw this week, you will know that Ronda Rousey has basically gone full heel uh, on, in this build-up towards WrestleMania. You know, she put it, she said, damn the man, screw the woo, and no more Mrs. Nice Bitch. And hey, if she's gonna be full blown heel with starting now, I'm great. I'm all for that. You know, this is the the Ronda Rousey wrestling fans have been wanting since she debuted at WrestleMania last year. You know, cause we we were getting tired of the always smiling and shaking hands and being inspirational to little girls and all that other bullshit. Uh, <clears throat> since of course we all know it's gonna be a triple threat match at WrestleMania, no point in even trying to pretend like, oh, is, is is Charlotte gonna win? No, we know Becky Lynch is gonna win. We're gonna get that triple threat women's title match at WrestleMania for the main event. We already know that. Uh, it's just, you know, the drama of the story with this, because Stephanie McMahon 
had Becky sign a hold harmless agreement where w if she hurts herself between now and whatever, between now, either now at Fastlane or now at WrestleMania, then WWE is not legally responsible, you know, as they, they've done for other uh, storylines in the past. Uh, I believe they did that for, um, for Shawn Michaels and Triple H at SummerSlam 2002. And of course, that was an awesome match. Yeah. I even go. I even watch that match. You know, sometime, you know, later today. Uh, well, Thursday would be tomorrow. Today is Wednesday evening. I'm recording this, like I said, thirty times now. <laughs> but um, because we 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 know it's gonna be a fun match with Lynch and Charlotte Flair, and uh, you know, they for they probably might throw a no DQ stipulation last minute. We don't know. We shall see. Uh, but we've, yeah, we already know Becky Lynch is going to win because they're they're building up to that triple threat women's title match at WrestleMania since they they've been building this up basically since Survivor Series uh, when Charlotte Flair you know beat the shit out of Ronda Rousey after Becky Lynch couldn't make it because of the injury from that Nia Jax gave her and you know they've been building this up as you know this is going to be the first women's main main event of WrestleMania and you know it's going to happen we we already know that. Uh, but now we have the men's main event of the pay-per-view, I guess. This is the main event main event for the show. Uh, for the WWE Championship, it'll be Daniel Bryan defending against not Kofi Kingston, but Kevin Owens. Uh, of course, you know, it was supposed to be Kofi Kingston, but, you know, Vince, being Vince in this, on, on here, he replaced him with Kevin Owens and, you know... Of course, like I said last time, I'm okay with it because if this means we get Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, then awesome. Uh, which also means that it's pretty obvious that Daniel Bryan will be the one that wins this match. Uh, although they might swerve us, you never know. Uh, this is going to be an awesome match. It's going to be an awesome Ring of Honor throwback kind of match for me. Because I've been a big Ring of Honor fan for a very long time. And as I've said before, I've Got to the, I attended three Ring of Honor shows between 2007 and 2008. All three of them were phenomenal. The first one was Ring of Honor's first pay-per-view. That's something that I love and feel so honored to have been part of. And uh, another one that I got to attend uh, was uh, in November of that same year. We got to go to it was, uh, Death Before Dishonor Night 2 with my oldest brother. Where we got to watch... Uh, uh, Misawa wrestle, and uh, of course he passed away a few years later, so that's another one where I'm happy that I got to see him wrestle live against Kenta, uh, formerly known as Hideo Itami, <laughs> um, and Harley Race was at that at that event as well, so that was fun. He was in the <clears throat> eating in the having dinner with his wife in the diner next to the Manhattan Center, and as soon as he was done eating, he was. You know, greeting all the fans waiting in line to go inside and shaking hands. It was he 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 was cool. Um, and then the third one in 2008 was main evented by Nigel McGuinness and Cesaro, uh, and known or otherwise known as Claudio Castagnoli, which is his real name and former ring name. Uh, that was for the Ring of Honor Championship. That was an awesome, awesome match as well. Uh, <laughs> And I remember when I had a, my old wrestling page on MySpace, I wrote a long, detailed review of that event and basically described McGinnis versus, versus uh, Claudio Cesaro uh, as, this is how you book a world championship match the right way. Um, 
I don't know if they have a home video for that or if they have it on the Ring of Honor's, you know, streaming service, the Honor Club. Uh, but if they have, if they do have it on there, I encourage you guys to check it out. Uh, I don't remember what the name of the event was, and I wish I could remember. But it was, it was 2008, uh, it was May of 2008. I do remember that, and it was main evented again: Claudio Casagnoli versus Nigel McGuinness. But yeah, I keep slightly veering off topic on this one. Ah. But anyways, yeah, Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens. Like I said, it's a Ring of Honor throwback match for me, because I do believe they did wrestle in Ring of Honor. I don't know if I got to watch it, but if they did, I will check it out. Um, this is definitely going to be a great wrestling match for sure, because uh, we know that that's what these two men can give us. Uh, uh, going to be a lot of interesting moments, I'm sure, because you know. Two years ago, if this match had happened, Daniel Bryan would be the would be the hero, and Kevin Owens would be the the villain. But this time, it's Daniel Bryan's the villain, and Kevin Owens. He's honestly, we're not completely sure at this point. Uh, but I'm sure either by DQ the match will end, or maybe by pinfall or submission that Kofi Kingston will have some kind of involvement in this match as well, because of course. You know, he still feels wronged by being removed from this match. And he will find a way to get himself back into the title picture for WrestleMania. So I do look forward to seeing how that all plays out. And overall, I do feel like this is going to be a fun pay-per-view. It's just, like I said, I hate that Andrade and Rey Mysterio is going to be on the kickoff show. And I do think that they might show at a last-minute US title match on there. But we shall see. Uh, I hate that we um, that we're not getting an Intercontinental Title match on here as well. That sucks. Um, but maybe that'll be a last-minute match as well. We will, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got to say on WWE Fastlane. Uh, don't really, I didn't really have much to go with because a lot of these matches were basically last minute. So. You know, there's only so much I can really go off of. Uh, but, you know, that's all I have for that topic. And, you know, I hope you all, you know, enjoyed hearing what I had to say about WWE Fastlane. And, uh, thank you for, you know, watching and listening. And please remember to like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell, all that good stuff. You know the routine. Um, but before I do go, I wanted to, to discuss another, another death that we had this week and that is wrestling legend and partial inspiration for the hit show married with children the master of the five count king kong bundy he passed away m monday march 4th the same day as luke perry uh, uh, sorry just remembering them on march 4th we had passing of luke perry king kong bundy and uh, the front man from Prodigy. Whew. But yeah, King Kong Bundy passed away this past Monday, March 4th, at the age of 61. Uh, and as of this recording, no cause of death has been revealed, but I expect that we will learn more details soon enough. And his most famous match is very likely his steel cage match that he had against Hulk Hogan for the WWF Championship at WrestleMania 2. Probably followed by his 
six-person tag match at WrestleMania 3 with Hillbilly Jim and the Midgets. Uh, and maybe WrestleMania 11 against The Undertaker. Uh, yeah, it's a shame that yet another wrestling legend has passed away before getting inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. I mean, he passed away uh, the last year we lost you know, Ivan Koloff, Vader. <sighs> it's always hard when, you know, the legends that, I, that we grew up watching pass away. <sighs> just like I said, it's, it's unfortunate that you know him, Vader, Ivan Koloff, that they they all passed away before they can get their Hall of Fame induction because they definitely deserved their inductions. And we knew at some point they were gonna get inducted. It was just would have been great to hear their speeches, you know. And my thoughts, prayers, condolences, and well wishes go out to his family, friends, and other loved ones. And he's probably up, up in heaven right now, uh, demanding a five count. <laughs> you know, taking on, you know, Warrior and Macho Man and Kurt Hennig and all the other greats. Uh, you'll be missed. King Kong Bundy, rest in peace. Now, please be sure to check back in with me next week for another Shootin' the Shit episode where I will be recapping Fastlane, all the fallout of Ron Smackdown, any other Marvel and DC news that I find interesting enough, and whatever else I feel like talking about. Also, I plan on seeing Captain Marvel this Saturday, and I plan on going in with an open mind and with the hopes that it will be a great movie, or that it will at least be better than Ant-Man and the Wasp, because I know a lot of people... Uh, who were at one point excited that decided that they changed their minds completely about this movie. And I can understand why. I mean, if you're, like I, like I said last week, if you're, if you want to hear, you know, why all, all the controversy regarding Brie Larson and Captain Marvel, you know, other better uh, people have talked this, this to death more than I have and better than I ever could. So check them out if you want to. Uh, and I have read some of the not so favorable reviews for the film already. Uh, even though it already has like 80 something certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, I've read a lot of the negative reviews from women. Yes, women, even though that website, The Mary Sue, claims all the neg negative reviews are from men, but whatever. You know, but I won't let those influence my desire to see the film. And I will go into it this weekend for my own opinion on it. And I definitely will have a spoiler-free review for this movie for you guys. But I haven't decided if I'm going to do it in a short video like I did for uh, for, Hallow for Halloween, for fighting with my family. Or if I'm going to include it as part of my Shoot the Shit episode for next week. But if you follow me on Twitter, you will know what I decide. And of course, as always, feel free to, f to tweet me on Twitter, at IamFazitude. If you have any podcast suggestions, or if you have any questions you would like for me to address on the podcast, and I will take all suggestions into serious consideration, and I will answer all of your questions on a future podcast. But in order for me to do that, you guys are going to have to send me some questions that you want me to answer on the podcast. <laughs> but again, 
thank you all so much for watching and for listening and more importantly for subscribing. I really do generally appreciate all of you who subscribe to my to my channel. It's, it means a lot to me. It does. And I will see you all next time.